guys, welcome back to the Code Life Cymru podcast. Uh, this is February's edition, and uh, though we're releasing it um, one month late, we'll chat about that in a few minutes. But we have got so much to chat about this this month. We're talking real life heroes, the kind of people who put others first, the kind of people who have chosen to do something heroic in their lives for the lives of others around them, people who have made a difference. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, uh, sit back and relax, and let's talk real life heroes with my, with my great mate, John Butler. Borada, John. Borada, John. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, thank you. Brilliant. The sun is shining. Uh, we're we're together in person in the same place. We are face to face recording rather than face to face via screen. So uh, it's all new. And we're in Faberus Swift. We are we are on the the, the glorious west coast of uh, Faberus Swift, the the best place to be in the world, not just in Wales. See, everybody who lives in Aberystwyth always says that. It's they? true. It's true. So um, I thoroughly recommend moving here, living here, enjoying <laughs> life here. There you go. Uh, we will give you a list of estate agents at the end of this show. Um, but uh, this isn't the first time we try, we've tried to do a, a live podcast, is it? No, no, no. This is the, the, the second and hopefully final slash correct version of, of what could be described as the podcast that never was. The podcast that never was. Yeah, we, we recorded February's episode in February, didn't we? We rather did. Than, we rather did. than just going straight for the fashionably late March release. We went. We, we did record one in February, and uh, it was unique on so many levels. I think it's probably the best podcast we've ever recorded. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I actually came up with some wisdom. Well, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think I think you were flying. Problem is, no one will ever hear that wisdom. No, they will they? Will they? No, no they were back to normal. Now. There's no evidence. It's just my word for it that I, I was there and I witnessed it. <laughs> yeah, and you've got your fingers crossed. Um, but uh, no, uh, we were we were. At, in England, so we were doing a, the Code Life Cymru podcast. On tour. On tour. Yeah. You were getting your car fixed. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, and and it was the first one face-to-face. So, uh, But this month, we, we've got our systems right. The technology is not going to fail us. No. Um, and we're talking real-life heroes. We are indeed. That is what we're talking about today, real-life heroes. And... Um, do you want to just tell me or tell us what you think makes a real life hero? Yeah. And I was thinking about this, the rather than going straight into like characteristics and, and character traits that we might associate with real life heroes. I mean, last time we talked superheroes, didn't we? In like mm. superpowers and things like that. But real life heroes, I was just having this thought really about how else to put it, maybe proactive heroism versus like reactive or responsive heroism. So there are those people, aren't there, that that intentionally choose a path or a, a career or a vocation or, or maybe to, to travel to a certain place to, to go and do something heroic, to go and be a hero. Not necessarily for their own glory, I mean, but they just, they put themselves in those situations intentionally. And then there are other people who find themselves in a circumstance where they can respond to a situation in, in, in a number of different ways, but they choose a, a response that's heroic. It's something they do based on where they find themselves or a situation that confronts them, and what they do in response to that becomes a heroic act 
and therefore we might well get to hear about them or we'll probably be talking about some of those things. But I think there are two options, aren't there, really? There, yeah. There's that proactive heroism. I'm going to choose a job or I'm going to go and do this and I'm going to do something that makes a difference as opposed to responsive heroism where oh, I've now found myself in this situation what am I going to do? I'm going to do something that, that serves others, that, that makes a difference, that protects others, perhaps, or, or maybe yeah. makes a change or a positive difference for other people. So that's kind of, we're talking there, aren't we, about does a real-life hero become a real-life hero through character or through opportunity? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. And it's, it's actually probably neither one nor the other, is it? Because yeah. although, in I think, in essence, for anyone to do anything that is anywhere near heroic their character has to be willing to step up to that mark yes um but sometimes we won't choose to do it sometimes we're in a situation where we see somebody who is under attack and we step in yeah. or uh, we see an, a, a disaster that's about to happen and maybe we we can we can step forward and help get people out of that maybe it's maybe it's just being a, a hero for your family yeah or um a whole bunch of things, isn't there? Yeah. We, we always think about the big dramatic things, don't we? But there's yes. the everyday, the everyday consistency of doing the right thing. I think probably makes you a real life yeah. hero. Yeah, and the everyday consistency of making tough decisions or decisions in the face of tough, tough circumstances and sticking with it. And I think we'll probably chat through some people in a moment when we we give a couple of highlighted real yeah. life heroes that that you and I have thought about in advance. We'll probably end up weaving some of those uh, situations and some of those sort of character traits but also those uh, personalities as well into the, the real life heroes we talk about some of those heroes we chat about will have done something proactive but some of them would have done something responsive to where they where they found themselves so that's probably a good cue to go into um what we've been doing we've been talking about top five or top three haven't yeah. we um guys before we came online we both decided that it was too difficult to categorise real life heroes. So if we if we say who is my number three, my number two, my number one, with the idea that number one is best, better than all the rest, we felt that that was a little bit tricky, didn't we? We did. Sure. Yeah, we're not we're not ranking these. We just picked out three three highlighted real life heroes each, um, and that's not to say these are the three best ever by any stretch, but these are just three people that we've each come up with that we think highlight quite well a, a characteristic about real life heroism or they themselves have done something that's that's worth noting and talking about. And that's not to say the ones we've not mentioning are <laughs> equally valid. And I'm sure you guys out there have got other ideas and you'll be thinking, oh, why didn't they mention so-and-so? So that's a great way to, great moment to plug the, the Twitter. It is, yes. Code Life Cymru at... Uh... At Code Life Cymru, actually. Yeah. It's not the at at the end. It's at Code Life Cymru. Yeah, so maybe shoot over some of your, your real-life heroes if we haven't mentioned those you're thinking of. Or if you want to send us some claps and applause and agree with the names we do mention, then, um, yeah, you can pat us on the back because we've mentioned the ones you also thought of. Um, so as we head into these, the three that we want to name, can I be a bit cheeky and throw um, an additional one in? That's not part of the three because, you know me, I always like to have more... You like to be a rule breaker. I do, no. I do, I do. I'm living on the edge. I'm living on the edge. Now, we, when we did that amazing podcast in February that apparently is the best, is the best, but is no more, um, <laughs> we were in a different situation from a global point of view, and certainly from a we Europe point of view, weren't we? And um, 
Guys, uh, you know, I know that so many of us are brokenhearted about what's happening across in Ukraine. Yes. Uh, we are as brokenhearted as anyone about this. And actually, um, I was um, I was speaking at church yesterday and I shared with them that uh, uh, in the um, course of the last week, I, it's the first time for a long time I can remember watching the news and having tears coming down yeah. my eyes. Yeah. Just seeing people displaced, young children with no idea, thinking maybe it's a bit of an adventure at the moment, but the reality you know is going to hit them. So we pray for uh, for Ukraine and we ask God to completely deliver that country and bring peace back. Um, but this is the one, this, that's all in lead up to me wanting to mention President Zelensky. President Zelensky was a comedian a few years ago. Did you know that? I yeah, I I'm aware of it now since he's come to yeah. Uh, I was going to say fame, but I suppose notoriety, and I don't mean that in a negative way. No. In the in the news for his leadership in Ukraine in the current um, yeah tragic circumstances. Yeah. So President Zelensky, a comedian, I I, I believe a successful comedian as well. Yeah. I, I've also recently discovered an interesting fact that he wasn't just a comedian, he was also a voiceover actor for films and was the voice of Paddington Bear in uh, in the, the two films that were released. We had, I think, Hugh Bonneville and the Ukrainian release version had now President Zelensky before he was president. Wow. So there you go. Um, but this, this, so this man who was once a comedian becomes the leader of a nation yeah. and then has to lead that nation through the greatest and most oppressive war that they've ever faced in their short history. Because they're only a 30-plus-year-old nation. In terms of their independence, yeah, yeah. from the former Soviet Union. Yeah, 91, wasn't it? So, so 91. 31 years. So, and you look at him and just how he's leading that nation, staying there, right? Because, I mean, the Americans offered to get him out of Ukraine yeah. and get him to safety. And he's he not just stayed in the country, he's stayed in the capital as well. Yes. Which is under bombardment, under attack. You know. Yeah. And I think that that sums up what we're talking about here. This is a car- guy who, who clearly has enough character to stand as president of a nation. Yes. And then further than that has the character plus the opportunity to, yeah. to to show that bravery and to show that real life heroism yeah. um, in a situation that very few of us will probably ever yeah be in, true really. yeah 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 I think I think it, it it's it's a good a great example isn't it of someone who he you know standing up to lead a nation lead a country as a politician I think does require whatever we think of our leaders and whatever we think of the, the ones we have in this in this nation in the UK. Um, however good or otherwise they might be, I think it still requires a little bit of courage and bravery to be willing to stand up and be an elected official, yeah. an elected you know, MP. But to then, when you find yourself as the leader of a nation that's under attack, that's experiencing invasion and war, uh, atrocity after atrocity, to stick stick with it, to stay stay there, not to surrender, and equally to, to stand your ground and to lead your nation from the front requires bravery and courage and heroism that not many of us will ever get to yeah. experience, I would suggest. Absolutely. I think it's precisely because um, these moments are um, not inevitable when you lead a country, but they are always a possibility. Is why the Bible tells us that we have to. We absolutely have to pray for our leaders. So I think, you know, guys, let's be praying for, for our leaders. Right, let's go into this this 
I don't know what to call it, top three, but it's top three list yeah. anyway. Uh, what's, who is your number one? Well, um, so again, just to confirm and remind, this is not in any particular order, but the first one I'm going to uh, mention today, um, we're going to go back in time some way, is William Wilberforce. Okay. Um, obviously, I'm mentioning him because he's an honorary Welshman. Oh, sorry, go on. Explain. Well, okay, yes, yeah, so he's an English MP, but I think we can consider William Wilberforce an honorary Welshman because um, in the film Amazing Grace, he was a Welshman. Oh, right. Played, okay. played by... Johan Griffiths. Yeah. Um, Very good. That's not why he's on my list, but <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd know. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, so um, you're a complete convert to Fabulous Swiss. Yeah. And you're also now taking... Um, English historical characters and Welshifying them. Of That's course. brilliant. That's what yeah. I've been doing all my life. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest about it. Um, yeah, no, William Wilberforce, not not purely because of that, but because of, I suppose, what is um, what is presented in the Amazing Grace film based on a true story. So he's a, a member of Parliament, wasn't he, that, that stood up on behalf of uh, slaves and yes. worked um, to see the abolishment of slavery, um, which meant, you know... Uh, he had to make a number of sacrifices himself, lost credibility, lost friends, stood up to his peers. Um, I'd say that's pretty heroic. Again, you know, someone who was willing to be an elected uh, leader, an elected official. Yes, okay, he was from a certain background and you know would have been part of the aristocracy, as it were, but still chose to, to speak up for those that couldn't speak for themselves and to make a difference with, with the power and the opportunity he was given. Absolutely. And, and to be fair, we know what... Um Parliament, so that's not just the English Parliament or, or the UK Parliament, uh, there's any Parliament where it is so hard, isn't it, to stand up on conviction? Yes. It is like that's properly hard. When you're going to do it like William Wilberforce did. Yeah. The film Amazing Grace has one of my favourite film quotes in it. Is it? It does. And it's when John Newton says to uh, William Wilberforce, I am a great sinner in need of a greater saviour. Ah, that's I good. I love quote. that. That's great. I love that quote. Apparently yeah. he really did genuinely okay. say that. So there we go. It's a good film as well. It's, it's a great it's film. It's absolutely a great film. Um, my first one is Martin Luther King. Nice. Um, so um, again, in, it's back in history, but maybe not quite as far as William Wilberforce. Um, and it's purely on this basis that I think what Martin Luther King teaches us is you can follow Jesus, you can be called into Christian ministry, yeah, and yet that doesn't stop you from making a stand when you need to against oppression yes against cruelty and so so he is kind of like the father isn't he of, yeah. of the civil rights movement yeah and um and i love that quote i use it loads of times but darkness cannot drive out darkness only light can drive yes. out darkness and it's that reminder isn't it that, that yeah we, we we are all about the gospel we want to tell everyone about jesus christ but also that does require us being the hands and feet of Jesus yep. at times and standing against those who would oppress. And uh, somebody made a quote yeah. yesterday um, on the news and said that the words of your enemies will fade from your memory, but the silence of your friends never will. Oh, wow. And it just reminded me that actually we do need to speak out when we yeah. know that there's injustice even if that takes us out of our comfort zone and even if dare i say it uh we're not we don't have a ministry position on something yeah yeah you know it's just like there are certain things we just have to speak out and i think martin luther king teaches us yeah that i agree 
good good example great example yeah your number two well actually it kind of follows the one you've just given us so as I was preparing my list I was having a conversation with uh, my youngest daughter just about what she'd been doing at school that day and she was just saying how they'd been learning about Rosa Parks and so I'm, I'm going to put Rosa Parks on my list similar sort of era yeah. um, similar sort of um, situation to Martin Luther King um, very much involved in the civil rights movement but you know, she's most famous for refusing to stand up. And I would say that's, it doesn't sound heroic in of itself, but when you consider, you know, she was an African-American lady who was required to give up her seat on a bus for someone who was of, of white skin and refused to, to get up. Um, incredibly brave, incredibly courageous, and led to, you know, further protests in terms of the, the way in which segregation was happening on a bus. Uh, and I would say played massively into the narrative of overcoming segregation. But um, yeah, just 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 powerful. And I, I was just chatting with my daughter about what it means sometimes when we think about heroes and acts of bravery and courage. It's usually something that someone does or, or says. But actually, in many ways, her bravery and courage came from something she didn't do. She didn't she didn't stand up. She stayed seated. Um, so Rosa Parks features second on my list. And actually, that, I mean, for for a Rosa Parks, she was a very young. Yeah. I mean, she probably was only a teenager or, 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 or I don't know, early 20s or something oh, at yeah. the time. She was very, very young. And to actually have that courage to stand yeah. up at that age, I, uh, you know, I've got more courage as I've got older, yeah. I have to say. Um, okay, so my second. Yeah. Now we're going into super real-life hero territory. Okay. Is Captain Sully. You oh, yeah. Captain yeah. Sully? Yeah, yeah. The guy who was flying a plane, it was about to crash... He was over New York. Yeah. Uh, he was being advised all sorts of things. He knew wasn't right because that was going to end up with the loss of life. Yes. So he made the decision to land the plane in the Hudson River. On the Hudson River. On the Hudson River. I only say does that. Does it make I, a difference? I think it does. And I think that's one of the, the comments that's made in the film starring Tom Hanks that's based on the true story. But you're not going, so you're naming Sully, Captain Sully, because the awesome facial hair or because of the heroic act of safely landing a plane? Well, I think the awesome ha- facial hair only added to his ability <laughs> to be heroic, yeah, I have yeah. to say. And there's a little bit of, um, I'm a bit of a Tom Hanks fan as well. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's there. But but I actually think the fact that he got everyone off that plane. Without anyone losing life, yeah. Nobody lost their lives. And I think not, and the fact that the plane didn't crash into New York City as well is is, is incredible. So much in there, isn't there? Yeah. So, uh, so that's my, um, that's my second. That's your second hero. Okay. Your real life hero. Th- your third. Okay. So yeah, we're sticking with sort of recent history, um, recent um, times, and my my third one is a chap by the name of Steve Gallant. Now we always talk about gallantry sometimes mm. in in heroes, maybe in sort of medieval times, but Steve Gallant. Um, may not as a name mean anything to anybody, but um, Steve Gallant's actually a, a convicted murderer who um, tackled a terrorist attack, ta- t- tackled a terrorist during an attack in London, putting himself and his own well-being on the line in order to save and to protect others. So he was at a, uh, a sort of probation meeting um, to do with sort of redemption and restoration after being released from prison, though still in prison with a prison officer with him. And, and another person there uh, began a terrorist attack. Um, had what would have looked like 
a bomb suicide bomber's vest attached to them, which later turned out to be a fake. But he didn't know that. And Steve Gallant got himself involved, put himself in harm's way to stop this guy from injuring and maiming other people until the, the police arrived. Um, and I think what's really powerful about Steve Gallant's experience, obviously he's, he's in prison for having taken someone's life, but chose in that moment to put his own life on the line to protect others. Uh, I don't know where Steve Gallant is at in terms of his own faith or, or story of redemption, but I think that speaks really powerfully into, into what it really means to, to be on a path to redemption, but also to put one's life, um, be willing to put others' lives before one's own. Um, and that's a lesson he's probably learned very hard, a very hard way in, in prison since, you know, serving a sentence for taking someone else's life. But I think that's a real heroic act to put yourself on the line, yeah. to, to rescue, to protect others um, when when they're in, in real danger's way. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, 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 also, I do like that. I like the fact that, that he, he wasn't in the best place yeah. at the start of that. He had made his mistakes and... And and we all know what that feels like. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of have maybe we haven't made the most of our lives up to this point. But that doesn't mean that we can't be a real life hero. True. It's never too late, is it? So Yeah, and and you know, on assessing what he'd done in his life and maybe what we might think of someone who's in prison for, for committing murder, on the basis of that, you wouldn't necessarily rank or rate that person as heroic. However, in that moment when the opportunity presented itself, he did something heroic. And I think it goes to show that whatever's in our past doesn't always define our future. That's the beauty of, of the gospel, isn't it? Mm. We have a God who rescues us and restores us, gives us a new future, uh, re- wipes away our past and our mistakes and, and forgives us of those things to enable us to live a full full life. And as I said, I don't know where Steve's at in his, in his journey. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not professing to use him as an example of faith, but I think what his actions do speak is into that that powerful narrative of redemption absolutely absolutely my last one is um a guy who um i have to confess i don't know his name um but that's okay because like real life heroes surely isn't always about knowing their their names sort of like the anonymous hero yeah yeah yeah, i like that i do like that um i think i could have googled it but um but your point is a good one, that yeah. we don't actually have to be well-known, do we, to, to do this. But I'm going to call him Zeebrugger Winchman, yeah. which I think is, whatever his name is, <laughs> I think that's probably going to be quite a bit cooler anyway, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you the story about Zeebrugger Winchman. He, um, he was part of the rescue outfit when the, do you remember the Zeebrugger ferry um, capsizing? Yeah. Um, and it's on its side... And, and at the point of where I want the story to start is there is one, there's one victim, one uh, person left on the side of that, um, that ferry. And there's a weather front that's going to come in, which means it's going to be virtually impossible yeah. to save that person. Yeah. Zeebrugger Winchman decides that he's, he is still going to go for it. Yeah. And when he gets down there, He's getting through his tannoy. Uh, do not release your winch. We cannot get you both back up. Uh, you're just going to have to come back. Yeah. You can't. This, we can't go ahead with this rescue. And he ignores that and he takes his winch off and he winches the, the one last person. Wow. And that person is lifted up whilst Zeebrugger Winchman knows that in order for that person to be lived, 
lifted up, he's going to have to give his life. Yeah. And as that person is saved, the weather front comes through Whoa. and takes him into the sea. I don't know that he was ever found. Um, but he gave his life yeah. for somebody he did not know. Yeah, that's, and that's heroic, isn't it? It is heroic. Wow. And there is so much gospel in that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You know, the Bible says, you know, great, you give your life for somebody you, you do know. Yeah. That, that's one thing. But to give your life for somebody you don't even... Yes, is, yeah. ...is an amazing thing, which is what Jesus does, isn't it? Yes. He gives, I know he knows us all, but yeah, yeah. he gives his life, doesn't he? Yeah, it's um, powerful. So, so yeah, Zeebrugger Winchman is my final one. And guys, there could have been hundreds and yeah. hundreds and hundreds of others. Sure. And we whittled them down to three. And hopefully we've done a good job. Um, but we'd love, as we say, at Code Life Cymru Podcast uh, on Twitter, please do um, let us know um, what you think and yeah. what your heroes are. Yes. Should we talk about William Booth? Let's do it. Yeah, because we both sort of when we were sharing our list with each other, William Booth featured in both of our lists. Yeah. So we thought we'd we'd combine and, and sort of conclude um, or, or begin to land this podcast um, on the Hudson River as we talk about <laughs> as we talk about William Booth. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you like that. On, on the Avon Aspati, which is not actually the Asp- that's, that's, Aspati, no, that's the Avon Radal. There you go. Can't even get my rivers right. But yeah, so William Booth... Um, and his wife Catherine, in fairness, yes, yeah, came as a couple, didn't they? They did, and yet they saw all the suffering around, and they saw what alcohol was doing to homeless people, yep. to, to poor people, and they gave their lives to fighting and advocating for for those people. Yeah, uh, yeah, fighting against injustice, essentially, uh, battling against poverty, uh, being a, being a voice for those that didn't have a voice. Um, and so you've probably heard of the Booths, or if not, you've certainly would have heard of the Salvation Army, who mm. uh, William and Catherine Booth together had founded in order to, to yeah, battle against, <laughs> fight against poverty um, as the main thing, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And there's this quote, isn't there, um, which I've been trying, while we're talking, I've been trying to find it. Um, but there's a, there's this quote where, um, this is one sentence from it. Where there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight. I'll fight to the very end. But it talks yeah. about while there is one child going hungry, where there is one one woman who is, uh, you know, uh, and it goes through a whole load of different yeah, um, yeah. people, different demographics, different life situations. It says while there's an injustice to anybody then I will fight. I will fight to the very end. And um, Yeah, it says, while women weep, as they do now, I'll fight. While little children go hungry, as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison, in and out, in and out, as they do now, I'll fight. While there is a drunkard left, while there is a poor lost girl upon the streets, while there remains, like you said, one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight. I'll fight to the very end. I mean, that's heroic, isn't it? Yeah. I, I get up every morning and I... I, I I do think through what I'm giving my life to, um, and I read quotes like that, and that's what it, you, that's the inspiration to keep going. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, it is. And yeah. You read you read similar things. We're going to read something from Hebrews 11 in a couple of minutes, and you realise that we are in the company of some pretty heroic 
people yeah. throughout every generation, throughout every um, century, every year. There's always somebody or some people that step up to the fight and they are heroic. Yeah. Um, and I love this. Um, apparently, um, later in his life, William Booth said this, I am for the world's salvation. I will quarrel with no means that promises help. Wow. So literally, wow. you know, you think about how much we, we get on with our own thing and working together and collaboration becomes really <laughs> ridiculously yeah. hard at times. And yet William Booth is saying, actually, wherever I see somebody working towards the world's salvation, whatever that looks like, yeah. then I won't quarrel with them. Yeah, yeah. I will help them. That's good. And it's like, that's really amazing, good. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is good. So uh, so we, um, we're big William Booth advocates and uh, i think um, if you can read stuff about him it's always helpful particularly in the age that we're living yes because the world's gone crazy the world's become really traumatic there's a lot of people suffering yeah who are we going to fight for yeah yeah i know it's challenging um can i finish with a, a few verses from hebrews 11 and the reason why i want to finish with this is because um, um, I think it nods towards next mo- next month's yeah. or, or the, the, the second, next episode, the next episode in March, <laughs> um, where we're going to be talking about Bible heroes, aren't yeah. we? Much more, yeah. And uh, these verses, I um, mean, they just rip my heart in two. But I'm so grateful that they are in the Bible. Hebrews eleven, it's verse thirty-two, and uh, it's reading on from there. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, so they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. They were commended all for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only Together with us would they be made perfect. Flipping mm. egg. Yeah. Amazing when you you just look back and you just see how these people have put their faith on the line. Yeah. Not just what they believe, but what that means in their circumstances yes. and for those around them. They fought to the very end. Yeah. And God has said to them, right, okay, let's just hang back because I've got all of my other children yeah, yeah. that are going to come after you. And yeah. I, want, I just want to do this. I want to have you all together. Yes. I want to just 
give you the kingdom together. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, isn't Good. it? Good, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to talking through some of those, not those names necessarily, but some of the names of the Bible, biblical heroes that, that inspire us um, and can sort of teach us things as well uh, next time. Absolutely. And just a little nod to something else that we're doing which fits really well with this. Uh, each week we post a video on YouTube, uh, which is under the 52 Men of the Bible um, category. And we look at one man every week throughout 2022. So that's 52 men, 52 weeks. And the hope is that it encourages us all and inspires us all to go deeper into the Word, to yeah. learn more about who Jesus is and what that looks like in the yeah. way we live. Yeah, very good. Brilliant, John. It's been great to chat with you again. I've enjoyed chatting with you. And it's lovely to be in sunny Aberdeen, Swiss. Of course. It's always sunny here. Always. Oh, yeah. We'll get that list of estate agents out to you shortly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>